In this episode, we get an opportunity to actually talk about the future of photography. Hey, I'm Will Malone, and this is Will of the Future, the podcast where I look to what's next in the world of photography and creativity. I'm sitting in a chair because this week uh, I was hunted by a some sort of virus that was going around. Uh, first my wife got it, then my daughter got it, then a couple hours later I got it. So it was just it, it, that couple hours between my daughter and me getting it was just it was a terrifying experience. I thought, okay, well, I'm I'm obviously next. I'm being hunted next. Um, but yeah, so I'm chilling for this one uh, because, man, I'm I've I'm mostly recovered. But boy, this has been quite a week. I intended to record this way before now, um, but it just wasn't happening. You may have heard. I think it was Monday. Apple Vision Pro was announced. Introducing Apple Vision Pro. Vision Pro is a new kind of computer that augments reality by seamlessly blending the real world with the digital world. Which I think is kind of the most interesting product that has come out probably since the iPhone. Will it be uh, the most mm, innovative? Will it be the most uh, next level product since the iPhone? Will it be something that gets widely adopted and totally ubiquitous and we see everyone in airplanes with vr masks on their face um i have a lot of questions about that i don't think people like to wear things on their face i'll say that i don't think people like uh something heavy on their face i don't know if people enjoy i know a lot of people get motion sick uh with vr i've only used vr very little um a few years ago i played beat saber on it and that was pretty fun i didn't really get motion sick i don't tend to get motion sick so that wouldn't be an issue for me however uh i don't want it to mess up my hair and I think I know a lot of people who are like that. I asked my wife this morning. I was like, so would you ever envision a future where you sit with the Apple Vision Pro on your face to like watch a movie? And she actually said, well, you know, that'd be kind of cool if you could get like a movie theater experience in your home. And I agree with that. I think I think that's actually the coolest part of it is if I could watch Avatar in my house on a giant screen, which would be extremely cool. I think that would be why I would want it. Uh, would be purely for that feature um, because I'm not I'm not going to play games on it. I mean, you know, if I can't connect uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom to it, then what's the point? But one thing they showed off because it shows off this this user interface that's like a Minority Report, where it's like you touch, not really touch. It's like you do little hand gestures like this, which I I don't like that. Um, but the other Minority Report thing that's totally bonkers is the spatial photography they talked about. And it's like this really creepy video with this, like these kids playing. And then this, the dad has the Apple Vision on and he's just like leans in, smiling, like taking a picture. And it looks totally demented. But what it shows is like you can create a photo that's like a mixture of like the minority report, like check out the, you know, scene of the crime thing that made, you know, Tom Cruise go insane. And like the, and just like Harry Potter living photo thing. And I think that's really interesting and says a lot about the future of photography because sure, certainly 
iPhones will have a 3D spatial photography feature at some point. Now, I don't know how many more cameras we can add to the back of a phone, but Apple's certainly going to try. And one day we'll be taking photos and the phone will scan whole rooms. And then you can kind of turn the room or do whatever. I mean, it already happens. I used to have this camera called a Lytro and it was a it was this like Kickstarter thing and I ended up getting one off eBay. Um, I don't think I have it anymore. I think I got rid of it. But it was basically a camera you could take a picture, and it was like this long re rectangle cylinder type thing. It was very stupid looking. And it was like looking through a telescope, and you take a picture, and y you could, in after the fact, in post-processing, you could then pick which part of the image was in focus and out of focus. And that was just kind of like the beginning. And now with iPhones, iPhones are technically like shooting video, and you pull a photo out of a video like it's it's taking a ton of video and freezing it so you have a bunch of frames to like pick from so like computational photography has come a long way since Lytro and I only see it getting farther with the spatial photography thing but I think that that's kind of what's going on you know the the whole point of the Apple Vision Pro is you know they're using they didn't say the words AI but you know they're talking about machine learning and all that stuff they're using AI we're trying to get rid of keyboards and mice and laptops and iPhones and iPads. And I think they're intelligently kind of pointing it as some sort of MacBook, uh, iPhone, iPad replacement where you just get in the Vision Pro and it is your new computer. And I think that's smart. And I think that's kind of where everything is going, including with AI and all this stuff, is this desire for frictionless computer usage where basically somebody like me and my relation to the finished product has almost nothing between it uh, and that's what AI is doing and that seems like since we're not going to have a huge iPhone moment uh, anytime soon because we had that that's like a once in a generation type moment the when the iPhone comes out and changes everything I think everything now is kind of like unnecessary like we don't really need I don't really need to replace my MacBook my MacBook does everything I like and more but of course you know capitalism and business and innovation like they're always trying to make the thing better and and there are little iterative tweaks to make everything better including the iphone and the macbook and whatever but all of the things work great they do everything really well and they get better through software tweaks and all that stuff but i think what we're getting at with ai chat gpt descript um all this adobe firefly stuff is like how can we continue to remove friction from the product. So how can I uh, make editing easier? How can you just type a thought and then mid-journey makes the artwork? Like that's kind of where we're going is there's all these little friction points with computer usage and doing all this stuff, making things, using computers. There's all this friction when you got to learn how to type. You got to use a keyboard and mouse. You've got to navigate through UI. You've got to do you know figure out how to learn photoshop you've got to know all these things right now in order to make something or do something with a computer and now we're going to try to eliminate all that in-between friction that keeps you from the final goal that you're trying to attain so i think that's kind of where we're at is because nothing's going to be as big of a revolution as the iphone and i think the vision pro makes sense as a way to i don't know integrate the computer into your real life and make it to where you can just live it you know like tom cruise you're not gonna kill me goodbye Chris.
And uh, personally, I, you know, I of course want one because it's just it's just cool. It's like a piece of technology. I'm sure if I bought one for thirty five hundred dollars when it came out, uh, it would, you know, I'd be able to sell it for like. 10 grand in a few years. So, you know, it might be a worthwhile investment just as a collectible, but, um, do I really want one to like use it? I mean, yeah, but I'm probably just going to watch movies with it. Like that's the thing that really gets me excited. I don't really want to change up my editing workflow on a face screen. Cause I, I can do it very well with the stuff I've got. So, you know, there is kind of some, like to me, I have zero interest in, in the work I do doing it on a vision pro i've got zero desire to do it on an ipad like i'd rather just do it on a laptop with a camera and just let's just call it a day sorry about the noise there's a helicopter outside um but yeah for thirty five hundred dollars is the price point though and that's kind of why that's like a crazy price point i could get a projector and like a crazy nice tv for that amount of money now granted in my living room i only have space for like a 60 to 65 inch maximum so you know it's kind of like tough for me to justify you know, getting a Vision Pro as a TV replacement when, like, I, I'm only buying one. So that means only I can watch the big screen TV in the living room while everyone sits around me and watches this dystopian future I'm living in where Dad is just taking pictures of them like a demented thing and, you know, staring into the abyss. But it does, it does kind of seem like it makes sense. There's nothing about it that surprises me, the fact that they did it. I will say it's a little disappointing that while I'm sure it works better than any other VR headset, I am a little disappointed that Apple didn't come up with something crazier. Like there's just like a two hour long battery pack attached to it. And they show like Avatar Way of Water being played in the in the promo videos. It's like that's a three hour movie. So you couldn't even watch one movie on one single battery. And it's just connected by a cord that hangs off onto like a battery pack that's like i don't know this big so that was kind of lame um i don't know it just seems very weird like very kind of not ready and unfinished and i think they're taking from everything i've read they're kind of taking a long view of it but it is kind of like super silly uh at the moment will people be convinced to wear things on their face to do computer stuff or watch movies you know, I think if any company could get everyone to do that, it would be Apple. So if Apple can't do it, then uh, it just can't be done. That's what I think. I think if Apple, if this product fails with Apple, then VR headsets should die. Like, except for niche gaming purposes, because it's just not going to work. If Apple can't make everyone immediately join the cult of VR minority report headsets, then no one can. I think as photographers, our jobs are going to just continually get a lot harder. I think still two-dimensional images are really struggling to maintain relevance in this time. Instagram has already made it difficult for just like a horizontal image to be seen on Instagram because it doesn't take up as much screen real estate and it feels like kind of dead compared to all the short-form video that is up on Instagram. Uh, TikTok allows photos right now, which has been kind of actually, I've been playing with it. It's kind of interesting. But overall, like photos seem to be like this weirdly niche thing. This just like taking a photo of a thing seems kind of weirdly niche. Everyone's, uh, everything is pushing toward video and you got all these different ways of 
recording three-dimensional images. Back when I used to do real estate photography, all the realtors would want to know if I had access to one of those Matterport cameras that do the 3D scan of the uh, house. And it was like one of those things that seemed cool, but like I could never make it work financially because it was like the camera itself was like 1200 to $2,000, which was fine. But then the software to put together the 3D image was like, 400 bucks a month or it was like it was something like that it was where the software or the actual doing of making the three-dimensional image was not cost effective for just one photographer to be doing now if i shared a camera with multiple photographers or whatever it might have worked but that's just something people expect they want to walk through the house on zillow or whatever look wander through it and you've got these companies now that can show you know have vr models of people's homes and what the remodel is going to look like and all that kind of stuff so it's just everything's getting more immersive photos are becoming kind of a kind of a stylistic choice in a lot of ways i just think it's tough because you know a lot of photographers there's just a lot of photographers and i think a lot of photographers are struggling with this like feeling of not being enough uh just to take photos and i think that's kind of that's kind of true in a lot of ways. And so now you got, you know, this idea of spatial photography, which, you know, kind of to me ruins photography in, in a way in that it doesn't, it has no limiting factor. And I think that's what's cool about photography. I think the limiting factors is what makes photography magical. And I think when you can photograph an entire space and sit on your computer after the fact and pick actually which angle or whatever you want to shoot, I think that kind of ruins the magic of photography. I think it might make it nice for you know, uh, your family who doesn't, uh, care about the art of photography or whatever. But for me, that just sounds no fun. Like doing 3d scans and all this stuff like that just ruins the whole experience for me. But, you know, maybe my desire for what I like in a cool photograph is like becoming a niche thing. And maybe I need to be shooting images in a way to where you can view them better in VR. I don't know. It's, it just seems kind of crazy. And it does seem like this Apple Vision Pro right now, while nothing's really made for it, does seem limited to 2D space. Like all it was was like a browser screen floating in front of your face. And I kind of have that with my laptop already. So it's kind of, we're not there yet, but I do see a day where, you know, you're going to want to see a photo and then you're going to want to explore it and like fly through it. And you can already do that with a lot of different things. It's just the cameras and software to create them are just cost prohibitive at the moment. But, you know, I, I think all that stuff, it's a cool, nifty thing, and I think it's an expectation in a lot of, like, business applications or, you know, selling homes or remodeling and all that stuff. But to me, that sounds like no fun at all. But, I mean, hey, if I was remodeling my house and somebody was like, hey, or put this headset on, we'll show you the before and after. That'd be cool. I would like that. But uh, for me, as a photographer... I have no desire to do spatial photography. I just don't. I, I'm just, I, I want images, I want it to be harder to take a photo, which is why I keep just shrinking more and more toward film. Just as every day goes by, I become more and more of a film photographer. You know, I talked about last week how uh, I feel like we're kind of born with a voice and how you just kind of always do things the same way no matter what. And I realized last weekend, uh, last week I went with my friends who have uh, this awesome smash burger truck called Maddie's Patties. And I do a lot of their social media and actually I do all the social media and take photos and create content for them. And I went with them to this burger battle in Charleston, South Carolina. 
and they just did their thing, made their burgers, did like the amazing work that they do. And I was just there to document it. And I was there taking photos and just jumping around, you know, in, in just in the flow, sweating, drinking beer, eating burgers, taking pictures. And it was just like, man, that flow of just like when you are at a shoot, when you're just getting to document what's happening and you're excited about what's being documented and you're just going around, just living and it's, man, there's nothing like it. I wish I could live like that forever. That's what I wish I could do forever. And just document people doing what they love to do and, and doing it as well as they can. And just, like, have fun myself while documenting other people having fun. And, you know, it's just, that's what I love about photography so much. And it's crazy how I've been experimenting a lot uh, with my photography, with film, different things. And it's crazy how quickly when when that event started, how I just went back to my state of how I always shoot photos. And it's just, I, I even, I have this lens that I can't get detached from, this 24 millimeter lens that I've had for, I don't even know how long. It's a Sigma Art 1.4, 24 millimeter lens. I bought it for my Nikon D800 years and years ago. I got a bonus at work and I blew every single penny of it on this lens. And I have been obsessed with that lens. I've used that lens for weddings. I've dropped it downstairs. It's survived. It kind of is wonky. It's I have used it for most of my work from, uh, I don't know, 2014, 2015 to now. And I sold on my Nikon stuff, but I still use it on my film camera, my Nikon film camera. And I, I broke that out, shot some film, um, then I was shooting uh, with my Sony too, and that was actually surprisingly fun. I don't really like the Sony that much, but I just I love shooting wide. I love getting close. I love just I mean my camera was covered in burger grease. It was crazy. Like I just that's what I love. I love that way of doing photography. Just being in the moment, lost, not checking my phone, having no idea what's going on in the outside world, just disappearing, going off the grid, and just taking pictures. And then the best is when you come home and you get to look at them all. Really, just like not even remembering what you shot and just looking through them, and you're just like, Yes, this is awesome. Like, there's nothing better than that feeling. And a spatial photography 3D model, Apple Vision Pro, like all this stuff, AI photography, uh, whatever, all these technological innovations cannot advance that feeling. It's just never going to get better than that. And it, everything you add to photography is only going to get better when all that stuff's taken away. Film has made photography more fun for people, hence why film is getting more popular again. Because digital photography said, hey, here's everything. You can now do anything you want. And turns out, that's really lame and not exciting. Because it's like, oh, I can do everything I want, and then what's stopping everybody from doing everything? And then, when you have film, you're limited. You're limited by this experience. You have to wait to see your photos you have to have this process you have this back and forth of will they turn out won't they turn out you have to really understand your camera you have to really know what you're doing you have to have patience but you also get these amazing results that are either awful or they're amazing and it's just like it's limits that make creativity what it is and just the more limitless we make technology just the less fun it's going to make things like photography and that's fine just know that you don't have to use any of that stuff. You can still focus on making what you want to make. You just got to figure out how to tell your story better. And that's what I've always talked about throughout this podcast is like all this technology is going to happen. All this stuff's coming, whether you like it or not. And you can jump on the bandwagon and make 
Apple's Vision Pro spatial photography photographs and become that kind of photographer. You can become an NFT photographer, become anything, you know, new and fancy, or you can stay what you are, just be figure out how to really tell your story. And that's literally the difference between any other photographer is like Joe Greer can be over here shooting street photography on his Leica M6 with Portra 400 and do that forever and still be just as popular as somebody who's into the new thing. So I think all it's about is telling a story and getting your story out there. That's literally all there is to it. You can do anything you want. And you don't have to worry about all this crazy AI, spatial, creepy dad photography that's coming because really at the end of the day, we can do what we want to do as long as we are good communicators. For this week's recommendations, I've got a good one. The movie Blackberry. I love this movie. It's like the movie Air, you know, about the Air Jordan shoes, but uh, more hopeless and with a lot more yelling. Basically, it's about the rise and fall of the Blackberry phone and how it got started how it got to be the biggest phone in the world, and then how it got swiftly annihilated the second the iPhone came out. And I remember this. I remember the BlackBerry Storm, their weird touchscreen thing, and they show kind of how the BlackBerry Storm like came to be, and it's really depressing. And there's just a lot of yelling and frustration, and it's just a really riveting movie about something that really shouldn't be that riveting, but they told it in a really effective way. And I would say it's worth the rent. It's fun. It's a breezy watch. It's like hour and 45 minutes. It's really not a long movie. Um, and it's just, it's really enjoyable. Glenn Howerton from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Jay Baruchel, like they, they just did such a great job playing these characters and showing what, uh, kind of the tech world was like in the late nineties to early two thousands. And, uh, just, I don't know. It's just one of those crazy things to think that we are now making movies about, the early 2000s like that's the era we're talking about now <laughs> and so like that's just this this machine's going forward time is moving at a rate that we can't stop and now we're making movies about the early 2000s which feel like they were you know two years ago all right thanks for listening guys i will see you again next week thanks for listening if you like what we're doing here go leave a review on apple podcasts you can follow me on instagram at will malone twitter at Will Malone 365, and you can check out my website over at willmalone.com.